You're listening to an Economy Matters podcast produced by the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. The Federal Open Market Committee concluded a two-day meeting earlier today. The pace of job today. growth has been strong. Downside risks to the outlook for the, the number economy. number of officials. Shadow banking system is large. We've come a long way since the darkest day of the financial crisis. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Economy Matters podcast. I'm Tom Heinches, managing editor of the Atlanta Fed's Economy Matters magazine. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, I think you'll be glad you did because I'm sitting down with Doris Quiros, Senior Vice President and recently named Head of the Bank's Supervision, Regulation, and Credit Division. The division recently held its annual Banking Outlook Conference, and I thought it would be interesting to sit, to sit down with Doris and talk about those discussions and, you know, things that are on bankers' minds these days and SRC's priorities for 2022. Doris, thanks so much for joining me today. No, I'm really happy to be here, Tom. Well, Doris, before we dive in here, I wonder if you could give me and, and our listeners a, a quick overview of SRC and the, and the bank portfolios we supervise. What would be your version of an elevator pitch on this topic? So, you know, Tom, so supervision, regulation, and credit, we're a really diverse division in the bank. So we have, of course, our supervision and regulation area. We process applications for institutions that are interested in mergers and acquisitions. Um, we also have credit risk management, which is where our discount window is housed. So our district is a diverse district. So, of course, we supervise institutions in Georgia, Florida, and Alabama. And then we also have portions of Tennessee, Mississippi, and Louisiana. What's unique about our district is that we have a broad range of financial institutions. So we supervise commercial, regional, and large state member banks. In addition to our bank and thrift holding companies, international firms, and significant service providers who play a really important part in the financial industry. So with this broad range of institutions, we really, it really requires us to have both a, a depth and a breadth of examination skills and also really seasons supervisory experience across all of our portfolios. Well, yeah, speak, speaking of being seasoned, uh, although you're not new to bank supervision, obviously, uh, this was your first conference as, as the supervision's, supervision division's chief. How different was that for you? How different is that role for you? Yeah, so I definitely sat in that conference with a different perspective. So before, I was listening and thinking about, wow, this is really interesting, listening to these speakers, probably from the area where I sat from, right, which I dealt with the people and processes and technology. So really interested to hear what they were doing in their institutions. This time it was a bit different. My ear was really drawn to how are institutions being impacted during this environment, you know, how they're responding to this digital age, and then also thinking from a risk perspective. What do we need to be mindful of, and how can we best supervise our institutions during this time with all the different risks that they're facing right now to ensure that they're safe and sound? Well, as you were listening, what what common themes or concerns did you hear among conference participants and, and attendees? What are other priorities you hear from bankers during your, your first year as, as the head of SRC? Yeah, so in terms of theme, so our, our theme for the conference this year was banking on success in a digital era. So the pandemic really accelerated trends in the banking industry, such as adoption of mobile banking, mm-hmm. real-time payments, growth in our fintechs and other third-party service providers. We have new mediums of monetary exchange like cryptocurrencies. Right. 
And then, of course, increased cybersecurity threats. Sure. So that's that's a big deal. Always so, top of mind. Always. <laughs> and now it's even more top of mind. The stuff that keeps us up at night. Yeah. So we as regulators, we've had to adapt our focus and our supervisory programs to really quickly keep pace with what's going out on in the in the industry. We issued supervisory guidance along with Ask the Fed sessions. So, so these were sessions that we dealt with topics that were um, near and dear to, to our banks, and, um, and we were able to answer questions um, early on so that way we didn't implement programs, new programs and processes that they, one, weren't informed about, and then also we were able to address their questions pretty quickly. We issued a white paper based on their feedback um, and due diligence, a due diligence resource guide for community banks that were doing business with fintechs. And then we also were focusing on implementing our Modernized Community Reinvestment Act to make sure that it works for everyone in 2022. So a lot of paradigm shifts right, that have occurred, right. you know, so if, right. you, if you think about this crisis versus the first financial crisis, mm-hmm. so the banks, they, you know, they were, they were focused on their financial shortcomings, basically, right? They, they didn't have su- sufficient capital, and they were, they were really struggling. Compare that to 2020. Yeah. So you had community banks, they had ample capital, which was great. Liquidity was ample as well at the onstart of the pandemic. And then they were providing lending and liquidity through these through the payment protection program, through the, our lending facilities in record numbers. So the small businesses were that allowed them to weather the storm, the ones that 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 were able to get this lending to make their payroll to survive um, during the worst parts of the pandemic. Um, and financial institution, institutions, they've remained resilient during this time and flexible. So that that actually has been a, a success story, right, in the middle of a digital era. Right, so. right. Well, you mentioned real estate earlier, and I, I wanted to, to follow up on that. I, I was not able to attend the conference, but I know that Ali Wolf, the chief economist at Zonda, was the keynote speaker at the conference. And she spoke on the housing market, which is, of course, always a topic of great interest. Can you summarize some of her key observations and and what do you think the audience took away from her remarks? You know, and I think that we're hearing this across the board. So there's still high demand in a low inventory market in terms of housing. And uh, she also showed some really interesting data on, you know, people coming into Atlanta and where they're coming from. So while we have sticker shock right now, You know, people coming from up north, California, they don't have sticker shock. They're saying, wow, this is great value here. And um, so we have this this struggle with not enough inventory, a lot of people coming into our district. So it was interesting to see the data around that. And she also said that lot inventory is where the key is to future home building. So speaking from 6th District perspective, so I know that we have a lot of time and investment put into land development, right, at the onstart of the pandemic. So these factors are going to be really important for housing stability, housing pricing, and stability um, in the future. And, you know, real estate, as you said, that's, that's a, an important asset class for our six district banks. Sure. 
Um, so we're going to continue to advance our real estate analytic ca- capabilities, and then we'll bring in experts like Ali, um, Zonder. But, uh, you know, we, we also have been investing in-house and in making sure we have that expertise. So you know that we have um, Brian Bailey, who's a commercial real estate expert. We also have Dominic Perviance, who's a residential real estate expert. And we have our analytics teams that are that are working on on tools, but they've also developed two timely monitoring tools that are available to the public. So I hope that our listeners um, will visit our webpage and check out those tools along with um, articles and webinars and podcasts like this one where, where Brian and Dominic, they offer their market and sector commentaries. Yes, I'm an avid reader of the Homeownership Affordability Monitor, which <laughs> is one of those tools. So it's always Absolutely. very interesting. Well, Darcy, as we continue to emerge from the pandemic, Fingers crossed, you know. Do you have a sense of how optimistic or conversely pessimistic bankers are about the near-term future? How has our approach to bank supervision and examinations changed since the pandemic, and and do you see it evolving in in the short and long term? Yeah. So so starting with um, where our where our bankers are. So I would say one of the resources that I use is produced by our regulatory state agency partners um, through the Conference of State Bank Supervisors. So annually, the group surveys 500 community banks nationwide, and they identify the issues of, rev- of relevance for community banks. And, um, and so a lot of the findings that are there mirror the conversations that I'm having. So while operational efficiencies gleaned from the pandemic Um, have greatly improved and driven profitability, they still have their net interest margins are still fairly tight and under pressure. There's excess liquidity in the system, but bankers, they they have expressed reticence in potential deposit runoff and capital deployment in a rising rate environment, Mm -hmm. so they're concerned about that. And, you know, they've had record earnings, but um, they're trying to figure out how are they going to maintain those earnings, right, in, in, in this next environment. So those are things that they're thinking about. Things that they're optimistic about um, are possibilities that technology enables them to do. So new technology will open doors to do new things. So I think they're optimistic about that. But they're guarded based on their lack of history, data ownership right. issues, and other factors. And of course, we, you know, we, you can't have this conversation without bringing back cyber. Sure. And in the current environment, that's the high, that there's a heightened risk right now. So that's going to continue to be a top risk in the, in the industry as hackers just continue to get smarter and more aggressive in this space. That's a podcast episode by itself. Right oh, yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. Which we will have to do sometime. Yes. And, um, you know, and, and work from home. That that posture, that actually um, exposes other vulnerabilities yeah. when it comes to that. So so these are things that are on their minds. In terms of our approach to su- supervision of the future, uh-huh. you know, along with the banks, we have uh, gained efficiencies through virtual examinations. These old models of, of, of what we did in the past of two-week on-site examinations, those are, gonna, those are being reevaluated. And, and really, even pre-pandemic, we were really working to be more risk focused and tailor our examinations, and then also, you know, we were doing a lot more offsite. So we'll con- we we're going to take our learnings and really think about how should we continue to do our supervision um, in the future. Although, <laughs> I will say, the bankers, many of them have told us they want they want to see us again. They want you know get 
these messages that we have to give, sometimes they're much better to do that in person. So yeah. um, so we're looking forward to, to doing that as well. There's yeah. there's um, an Ask the Fed program out there, and that's on it's called an update on the Federal Reserve supervisory posture for small banks as pandemic conditions improve. So I would suggest that that, that bankers um, listen to, to that Ask the Fed series yes, as sounds, they come back. That sounds tailor-made. Mm-hmm. Well, Doris, as we sit here, it's early March. There's a lot of 2022 ahead of us. What are your expectations for the coming year? And uh, what are your plans, your personal goals for leading the division in, in this year? And, and of course, beyond, but I'm thinking more short term, what are, you, what are your personal goals for leading the SRC? In terms of SRC priorities, things that, of course, continue to be important themes in the industry are things that we're focused on. Are, are, how do we do supervision, cybersecurity supervision, operational resiliency? How do we make sure that we stay on top of that? FinTech partnerships, emerging technologies. Also, at the, you know, I was really happy when uh, President Raphael Bostic um, talked about the economy and answered the bankers' questions. So we'll continue to be bringing Raphael and, and other economists into our outreach efforts to address concerns. So those are definitely priorities and what we want to make sure that we do and continue with the banks. In terms of personal goals, so one of my personal goals is to go out and meet our bankers. So I haven't been in this role for very long. It sounds ambitious <laughs> right now. <laughs> I know, and everything's been, you know, through calls or or um, or virtually. So that's definitely one of my my personal goals. Um, and so we're looking at how soon can I get back on the road, so that way we can continue to maintain these relationships that we have with our bankers. So that that's. That's something in, in terms of, I guess, the, the, the more external. Internally, one of my personal goals um, is, you know, we have to continue to maintain a strong workforce. So, you know, I, I talked about our really broad portfolio. Well, you know, we have to retain our talents. Uh, we need to ensure that we have diverse talent in an environment that is both equitable and inclusive. So that's top of mind with me. And, you know, we're all competing for talent. So. That's that's really important. That's very high on my list in making sure that we um, that we continue to to create this culture and environment that people want to stay in. That's great. Well, I um, I hope to have you back on you know in the future to talk about you know banking conditions and how this is all playing yes, out because there there is so it. much to talk about here and and uh, it it's, it always remains a uh, you know ever changing and interesting. So I hope you'll come back on. Absolutely. And uh, on that note, I'll bring this episode to a close. Doris, I want to thank you for being on today and and sharing your time and insights with us. And and I do look forward to having you back on in the future to talk about banking in the Southeast. Thanks for having me. And that's all for this episode of the Economy Matters podcast. Again, I'm Tom Heinrichs, Managing Editor of the Atlanta Fed's Economy Matters magazine. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast to hear future episodes as they come out. And I also hope you'll check out Economy Matters Magazine on our website at frbatlanta.org. Thanks for being with us today, and please come back for future episodes. This has been a production of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. For more podcasts on this topic and others, please visit the Atlanta Fed's website at atlantafed.org.